Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott in the host chair this afternoon. Oilers now brought to you as always by our friends at Digitex. Bob is traveling with the team right now. They will play Minnesota tomorrow night and Nashville on Thursday. You can equate really every game, I think, to a playoff atmosphere from here on out because you're trying to build separation between yourself and Los Angeles. And if possible, if Calgary allows you to and falters a little bit, maybe you still have an opportunity to chase them down. But, you know, we've heard enough of Jay Woodcroft speaking to know that they're not looking at that. They're looking at Minnesota and probably the first five minutes of that game and and not much more. Uh, Reminder to all season seat holders, secure your uh, 2022 Stanley Cup playoff seats by this Thursday. Lock in your seats uh, for the playoffs, even ahead of the public. You can do it online uh, through your Oilers account manager or by calling 780-414-GOAL. Our NHL insider standing by joins us each Monday and Wednesday for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need. Get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Well, John Shannon is here with us. And John, we kind of knew it was going to be a fun matchup on Saturday. I, I would suggest that especially in that overtime frame, it lived up to the billing. And ultimately, you know, they didn't get the two points out of it. But if there was ever a game where you don't get two points and, and can still put a feather in your cap, I would suggest that's probably one. What did you think of their performance on Saturday night? Well, you got your money's worth if you went to the game, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it also goes to prove that you don't need 6-5 uh, and 8-7 games to have exciting hockey games in the National Hockey League. Um, in the end, though, Brendan, I, I think that uh, the difference, you know, Darcy Kemper's goaltending, particularly in the third period, uh, was the difference. And, and it, what it tells you is is that the Oilers... Uh, who and I think I know there's a few doubters in the market, but the Oilers can compete with anybody. They they certainly prove they can compete with the Avalanche, even with even with their injuries. Um, but it was to me it was a, a bit of a litmus test for a hockey club that is has been striving for improvement every day that Jay Woodcroft has been behind the bench. Do you think that they would still consider it, I guess, as accurate a litmus test, knowing that not only do they have the injuries, no Landis Cog and and no Kadri in that game, very different in the playoffs, but also coming off of the second of back-to-back, or are we at the point where we sort of, we buy less into that theory now? I think that everybody's in that world of back-to-backs and games every second day in the NHL right now. I think they've been in that mode for the last 20 days, and we have 20 more days of it. Uh, so I, I, I suspect that uh, that it has proved to be less and less of an issue. When you look at what L.A. did uh, when they came to town, uh, losing in, in, the, uh, in extra time to the Oilers, but winning in Calgary, you look what St. Louis did. Losing in Edmonton, winning in Calgary, back-to-back situations. I think teams learn to fight through that. Uh, the bigger issue on a back-to-back is the length of travel. And, you know, it's an hour and a half to an hour 45 from Winnipeg to Edmonton, 40 minutes to Calgary. It's when you have the longer back-to-back travel issues, I think, that becomes a problem. 
Now, regardless, again, of the whatever mitigating circumstances accompany each team that rolls into town, you know, the Oilers are 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. They're uh, up to 12 wins in their last 14 or 15 games or 16 games, I guess. But uh, it's... It seems to me like the moments don't ever get too big for this group, or it's come to a point where with Woodcroft behind the bench, with a a team that's now been there a few times uh, down the block, um, it doesn't seem like they get overwhelmed like they once would in a tough game like that. Well, and I think it's particularly uh, that way in one position, and that's goaltending. If you look at uh, what the record is uh, from a goaltending perspective, and if you remove the Calgary game, that horrendous Saturday night game at the Saddledome, um, the consistency of your goaltending, uh, you know, is is where everything begins. You know, Jay talks about the strength of a team is down the spine, and so much is garnered by good goaltending and. The last, you know, six or seven of eight starts for Mike Smith have been solid. You know, ten of eleven starts for Miko Koskinen have been solid. It as as much as you know, I think most fans view the goaltending still as a little fragile. It has hardly been fragile. It has they have delivered the saves when they needed to deliver it, which again creates confidence in your blue line, confidence in moving the puck up the ice. So to me, when you talk about not being phased by anything, it all starts in goal. And when those, you know, and, and when we tomorrow night, I guarantee it. You you touched on that first five minutes. You know, I guarantee that the the goaltender of record, whether it's Smith or Koskinen, makes that the first couple of saves in the first five minutes. You can see the team's confidence grow. And we saw it wither and and wither and wither away time after time, game after game, when Koskinen was clearly taxed and exhausted. And perhaps this, like, again, I I said this on Friday, John, but to me, this is now we're seeing what Ken Holland projected the goaltending situation to be all year. The difference is Smith's finally been healthy enough for long enough to get up to his level of play. And now with that, Koskinen's not playing every night like he once was. So I understand why there's skeptics in and outside of the market right now but in reality I also think that this is sort of what they were aiming for and it's finally come to fruition agreed uh, agreed and it in, you know the problem for most people is, is that it's taken a lot longer for uh, the team to get to this point uh, you know that you know the first 23 games Brendan were all-out power play you you know 16 and 7 became because of the power play it wasn't necessarily because of the goaltending then the swoon occurred, but since the end of that 15-game swoon, the goaltending has been solid, particularly Koskinen in that strength of games when he was 11, you know, one and two or 12, one and two, and then Mike Smith finally healthy it makes a huge difference to this hockey club, and it takes a ton of pressure off the blue line. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, with goaltending at, at this level. You know, the defensive mistakes aren't near as bad. Evan Bouchard can actually um, act more confidently moving the puck up the ice because he's not necessarily as concerned about his defensive play or overthinking his defensive play, rather. That, to me, uh, is part and parcel of a team growing and growing into its own personality. You know, last week, um, you know, and I, I mentioned this to actually to a couple of people within the Oilers organization. Uh, two of the three games in California, 
a year ago, two years ago, they wouldn't have been able to hold on and win. Or they wouldn't have been able to turn it around and win. But there is something now with with the, the character of this team, and there is something now with the depth of this team that's allowing them to stay in games, get back in games, and then turn the corner and win the game. And that's something that I think that Oilers fans have to be really, really happy with. Chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon. How much of that mentality, John, do you credit to Jay Woodcroft and his ultimate positivity? Um, I, I think that there's, I think that there's uh, a part of it that certainly is there. I think you have to give Dave Manson some credit for what he's done with the, the Blue Line Corps. Again, it goes back to health. Remember, this is a team that, uh, unlike Calgary, who had 35 guys on the COVID list before Christmas. Hard to imagine that was the same season, huh? Yeah. That feels like forever ago, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but but then but, but then the then the Oilers went through there. They didn't get everybody with COVID at the same time. They ran through a roller coaster of COVID uh, through the month of January that affected things in a, in a different way. And there was an, an inability to get that quality lineup in. And then you were struck with a few injuries, particularly the one to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But so much of what we're talking about, you know, and they talk about the aggressive forecheck and about how much more aggressive the, the defense is. I think Manson deserves a ton of credit for that. But the other thing is, is the balance. When you and I, I, you know, on those nights on television, I was harping on this and people saying, why you're talking about the same things a lot, because things are simple in this game. It's not a complex game to play. It's the simple stuff that makes a team successful. And so when you can take McDavid at 25 minutes, Dreisaitl at 25 minutes and the third center at 15 and take McDavid to 20, Dreisaitl to 20 and Nugent Hopkins to 20, then you're going to you're you're going to do the right thing not only in in that particular game when it comes to energy or when it comes to the need for uh, for the 97 and 29 to be that much more effective in in extra time but you're also going to ha- see a, a residual effect through games so that by the fifth game of a you know five and nine days Connor and Leon aren't exhausted. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's part. Of, I think that's part of it. I think that's all part of it. So it's. I think there's a complexity of reasons. A lot of it to do with Jay, but I think there's a complexity of reasons that are all pointing in the right direction. That and why this team is playing so much better. Um, I want to. I want to talk about Leon and whether he looks. I mean, he doesn't look healthy to me right now. If I'm being 100 percent honest with you, he obviously needs a little bit time. Uh, time for that stinger to heal up. He, Watched it um, take place right in front of our own eyes, but he's tough as nails. I don't imagine him missing much time. You talked about Dave Manson and his impact on the team, and one of the things that you know I think a lot of people were calling for earlier in the season is put Evan Bouchard alongside Duncan Keefe and and sort of let him grow with the veteran guy. And that's been the case in recent games, and Bouchard seems to have unlocked another level of confidence. You talked about that being from the coaching staff. I wonder how much of that is also from playing alongside someone like Duncan Keith in Bouchard's case. I don't think it hurts. I also think, uh, I also think that Bouchard has helped Duncan too, uh, because I, I, you know, Duncan Keith, uh, you know, still thinks the game as a 22-year-old. His body's at 37 or 38. Um, and there are times where you think he tries to do too many things too much, too hard, 
that his body ne can't necessarily do it. But he still thinks the game so well. By having somebody like Bouchard to take a little bit more of the offensive side of the puck and that tr transition game, that allows Duncan to focus more on the defensive side of the play. You know, and, and, I'm, and, and trust me, there's going to be listeners when they li and they hear this next segment, their uh, next st statement, they're going to say, "What's he talking about?" You know. But in the last two or three years of Nick Lidstrom's life in Detroit. Lidstrom did never went into the corners. Lidstrom, he was kind of like the captain standing in front of the uh, in front of the net, you know, steering things and managing the situations defensively. Not really overly physical, but so smart. I see a lot more of that with from Duncan Keith now, where he doesn't have to worry about the transition game as much and moving the puck up up the ice as much. He's still a great passer, but now he can concentrate on the defensive side of the puck and be much more effective in, in front of Koskinen and Smith that I think it's it's allowed him not to get as frustrated and not to try to do too much as well. So I, I do think that marriage of the young, aggressive, offensive defenseman and the wily old veteran I think has really paid off for the Oilers. What about Cody Cece's addition? Like, quietly, I think that might be one of the best off-season moves uh, that the Oilers organization made. You just Now that he's playing up so alongside Duncan Keith, you don't really, or pardon me, alongside uh, Darnell Nurse, you don't realize right. that Cece's, you know, he's bodying 20, 22 minutes a night, and I don't think that that's especially foreign to him, but he's not, he's not making a bunch of mistakes with that time out there. He's been quite the calming presence, it seems. Cody CC is the the model of what it takes to become a defenseman. How long in his career it takes to become a defenseman? Um, you know, I, I do remember him back in Ottawa for the '67s, the junior team, and he was a uh, you know uh, he was all over the ice. He had a giant shot, better shot than anybody else almost in junior hockey. Uh, then went to the Senators and tried to play the same style of game and got booed out of town. Got booed out of town in Toronto. Went to Pittsburgh and whether it was Mike Sullivan himself or one of the other members of the coaching staff, but he got, they got CeCe to play within himself. They got him to a point where he was much more comfortable in doing the simple little things and understanding the game. Perhaps, you know, Derek Broussard can talk to this. Perhaps it's playing along Crosby and the work ethic and the understanding of the game that Sid has that pays off with, with everybody around him. But but Cody Ceci, uh, at, you know, now at the age of, you know, what is it, uh, 28, uh, is finally matured enough into a quality defenseman. Still has a little bit of offensive upside, can still shoot the puck, but is not a, uh, a, a debilitating player within his own blue line and, in fact, has become uh, a quite a complementary player to nurse. Uh, I agree with you. I think if you look at all the off-season acquisitions, and we're going to take Evander Kane out of the mix for now, mm -hmm. but if you, you, you look at all of their off-season acquisitions, CeCe and Hyman are the two guys that I think have really made an impact and, and a consistent impact, and that's, uh, that's kudos to Ken Holland and his group. Chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon. It's Brendan Escott in on Oilers now. Uh, I did mention Leon Draisaitl. Just as far as him banging his knee into the boards against uh, Anaheim there, he missed one game. He came back, and I think that it's going to be pretty tough to pry him away from the ice surface. But uh, toward the end of the season here, if it's a lingering thing, do you think they might sit him a game or two and just rest him up? Or the standings, I guess, would have to be more solidified before you look at something like that, right? 
I think so. Uh, I mean, obviously, they feel there could be no structural damage because he's still playing. Uh, so it's obviously some some type of uh, of bruising, uh, whether it just be on the kneecap or or somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's a little too early uh, in, in the, uh, the in in striving for that playoff spot. Um, before you say, hey, Leon, take the weekend off, you know. They have those back-to-back -back games to end the regular season at the end of April. If they're comfortable in a playoff spot or if they're comfortable in the second spot, perhaps it's something to look at. Uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, if Leon can play through the pain and Leon feels comfortable in doing that, then what's the harm in, in, in letting him do it? He can't. As I said, he can't hurt it any more than it is. If he could, they wouldn't be putting him on the ice. So from that perspective, it's really, in many ways, it might be up to Leon. You know, I, I, the one thing I don't want to hear, Brendan, is the, is the phrase load management when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers. Because, we, you know, here in Toronto, we lived it for a whole basketball season. It drove us nuts. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's apples and oranges, if you ask <laughs> hockey fans, certainly. Um, no. Well, exactly, which is why, which is, which is, which is why uh, you know, when you bring it up, you say, ah, oh, there's no way. Leon wants to play all. If Leon could play uh, 80 games this year, then Leon will play 80 games this year. Well, and he's trying to chase down, what's his name, Austin something out in Toronto there, who's having a pretty remarkable campaign on the score sheet. Uh, this has been fun to watch, even from the perspective of, you know, someone who works with the Oilers. This is good for hockey. I mean, watching what he's doing, and, and you know, I wake up from a nap on uh, on Saturday afternoon, John, to the call of, of Matthew's 57th goal or something or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, just in terms of the significance of this, really, I was asking Elliot, you know, this is such a storied franchise, it's almost hard to believe that we're watching that kind of record being broken in the year 2021. Um, you know, I guess it just speaks to how special Matthews really is, whether you want to credit him for it or not. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, because uh, on our own show with Bob McCown and I, we had a long talk about this last week. This, The Toronto Maple Leafs, in reality, uh, I think you can count on one hand, maybe on three fingers, maybe on one finger, um, the amount of superstars actually existed on this hockey club. Superstars. I'm not talking about stars. I'm not talking about guys that, you know, have great numbers and are in the Hall of Fame. But I'm talking about that those handful of players that are faces are on, the, on hockey's version of Mount Rushmore. None of them were ever Maple Leafs. You know, you go, you, you go from the time that this league expanded in 1967 to who the greatest players were on, on the ice. You can go through all of the teams. And I guarantee you that you, you might get an argument over that 55, 56-year period. Two, two players might have gone to the cusp of superstardom in Toronto. Two. Not like Montreal, where you had, gosh, I mean, you had at least, you know, one in goal, one on the blue line, two up front. I mean, we're talking about, and that's the 70s in Montreal. Yeah. That's just the 70s. Then we can go to the 90s and pick another goaltender. I mean, if you go through every team, the Toronto Maple Leafs were, were a lunch bucket team and have been a lunch bucket team for decades and decades and decades. 
Rarely was the super of superstars in the National Hockey League ever on this team. How much, when was the last time a Toronto Maple Leaf defenseman won the Norris Trophy? When was the last time a Toronto Maple Leaf player won the Hart Trophy? When was the last time a Toronto Maple Leaf player won the Vezina as the best goaltender? It it is fun, and which 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 speaks. You got me on my soapbox now. <laughs> which speaks which speaks to the frustration of Leaf fans of why it's since it's been 1967 they won the Stanley Cup. It you know, look, look. I mean, there are nine Hall of Famers. Nine, nine is it seven or nine in Edmonton? The you know the the great Cup teams of the 80s and early 90s. I mean, there are at least seven Hall of Famers. Well, there are there are seven Hall of Famers from a, over a ten-year period for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the last fifty years. It just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. It's 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 one of the amazing and nobody make it, nobody's made more money in the game of hockey than the Toronto Maple Leafs. It speaks to the passion of the hockey fans and the inability of the franchise to to succeed at any level, and and that's why. The Maple Leafs are one of those great anomalies. There's lots of people who think the Maple Leafs are always good. Eh, wasn't always the case, but they can't win championships, and that's why the Matthew. That's why people have really grasped onto the Matthews thing. Let me ask you this, Brendan: He could end up with 62 goals this year. Okay, what if the Maple Leafs are eliminated in the first round? Where does the 62 goal season end up in the annals of sports in Toronto? And the answer is not very far yeah. if they don't win. Not very far. And that's the frustration, and that's the interesting aspect of what the Maple Leafs are in the Toronto market. John, appreciate the thoughts as always. We'll connect again on Wednesday. Right on. Mm -hmm. John Shannon, our NHL insider. Uh, yeah, let's throw a break here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chris, and then we will uh, we'll figure it out with the James H. Brown injury report when we come back on Oilers Now. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot Z-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is Brendan Escott with you. On Oilers Now, where some guests receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion. At Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you'll ever have. 9990 Jasper Avenue here in Edmonton. Uh, James H. Brown Injury Report. That's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. 
not a lot doing for Edmonton right now, and that's obviously a good thing as this regular season has uh, approached the final nine games. Yes, inside the final ten worth of the regular season here. Uh, Edmonton, I guess they're waiting for Chris Russell's return from illness. Uh, otherwise, the team is fully healthy, save for Oscar Clefbaum right now. Minnesota, the next opponent up, they have Nicholas Delorier day-to-day with a lower body injury. He actually missed last night's game. Defenseman Matt Dumb and John Merrill each day-to-day with upper body injuries. We'll send it to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports and the Oilers Radio Network. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.